You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. We got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On the Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. here with the gang here we are locked and loaded ready for another great episode this series is just incredible we're doing i want to tell you in the previous episode we had a little bit of sound problems with a couple of the mics overseas hopefully you listen what was said was so good we're not going to redo it there's no way to recreate that most of it was pretty clear just turn it up and listen to that but i'll tell you right now we have all new mics on there for this episode so it's going to be real great here so we want to get you ready now you are definitely listen you're all about we're all about conversations that are going to propel your faith out of the shallows into the deep. We're not just going to take you out of the deep. We're going to take you around the world to Pattaya, Thailand, and we're going to put you in some deep water infested with lots of crummy little sharks. Daniel, crummy little sharks, nasty little sharks. Daniel's with us over there in Thailand. We'll, we'll get to him in just a second. He's a shark lover. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Hopefully you're joining us at On The Dock or at YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Those are our main platforms, but we'd love to have you on one of our auxiliary platforms, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku. Go to Roku, download the SermonNet app, look up the On The Dock with Pastor Troy channel, watch us on your Roku TV, Rumble as well, SermonNet, and we'd love to hear from you on our social media partners, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Telegram. Give us a shout out on that. I'd love to hear from you. Once you find our platforms, please hit subscribe, like, notify, and comments, and share that with other people. And most of all, we want you to become one of our partners here at On The Dock. And On The Dock, you can download the Patreon app, and you can become an On The Dock partner, and you can become an On The Dock sponsor. When you do that, we'll send you one of these beautiful coffee cups, and you can fill it with something good. And then join us every Tuesday and Thursday for an incredible experience on the dock so we can get you ready to get out there. If you don't understand anything that I said, go to onthedock.org. That's our website. There's a live embedded viewer. There's links to Patreon. There's links to all our platforms. You can find out information. If worse comes to worse, email Donna Kranuski. And Donna is our executive producer. She'll help you out at info at onthedoc.org. So glad to have you here. We're in episode three. I got around the table here. My incredible team got to my right, Mother Beth Benetone, my bride. And she's here to greet you, Mother Beth. Hi, honey. On the back right, we have Haley Odellini. Haley's part of our co-host team. Hi. Hi, Haley's doing a great job. And all right, we have Ray, Ruth Jane Subicate, all the way from Harvard College in Boston, Massachusetts, via Singapore. Yep, That's come a, a long way. Is Singapore farther around the world than Thailand? Um, It depends. Maybe two hours, an hour, a little bit? They're like two hours apart, but they're kind of like... It depends on which bit, way you fly. Yeah, huh? they're like a little bit stacked. All right. Well, she's, she's, she's a little bit longer of a and, and, and what you don't know about Ruth is Ruth, I don't know. Ruth's half Thai. <laughs> She, she's Thai. Uh, look, she's, she's, you speak Canton, uh, no, Mandarin. Mm -hmm. You speak a little Thai, right? Mm -hmm. English, obviously. Mm -hmm. Let's see what else, what else do you have in the guns there? Oh, unfortunately that's it. That's it? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. She's trilingual. I'm 
singular lingual, and yeah. I struggle with we're that. We're all thoroughly impressed. Yeah, yeah, we're all thoroughly impressed. Ruth's incredible here. Like She's here that. as our guest only co-host today. She's been great. So let me put Ruth's pic- wonderful picture up there. She hails from Harvard College here doing a study on uh, anti-sex uh, trafficking and the churches in the U.S.'s approach to partnering with it. So we hope this will be a good blessing to her work as well. And we're here in the Tamar <laughs> <laughs> Blessing. She's learning a lot. She's going to be interviewing people around the world in a pandemic. And uh, I know we're bringing Patia here without all the bad stuff, just the good stuff. We got enough. <laughs> hey, we got enough of our COVID here. We don't need anybody else's help. Tamar Center series. We're in that part three. How do we get in front of the crisis? We're going to try to get, we've been talking a lot about sex trafficking and, and what it does. And we're going to try to get a little bit of information on how we can get out on the other side and maybe stop some people from going down that road. And, and it's certainly giving people a pathway back home quicker. So we're going to be doing that. But just for a moment, I want to welcome uh, from across the sea, 12 hours around the clock from Thailand, Patia Thailand, Daniel and Steffi Voppel, the Tamar Center. Uh, uh, Daniel's the director there. uh, Steffi is the is the utility player that does everything else that Daniel doesn't want to do, and she does it better anyway. So Daniel, (laughs) Steffi, give a shout out to the the friends here at On the Dock. Hi, good to see you. We can hear you guys so much better in this episode. Thank you. And uh, we're going to get into this real quick, but before I do this, uh, Daniel, once again, if if I remember correctly, this is a picture. Look at this picture on the on the thing. This picture here is me and you getting ready to change the meeting room you guys have at Tamar Center up on the third floor, I think. Is it third floor where the room is? Third floor, yes. Third floor. This was a beautiful conference room, and we turned it in both. uh, 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 We totally changed the entire, everything from curtains to, uh, to, to the paint to putting sound panels on the wall. Our team was there, and we turned this into a luxurious church slash really good conference space. And there's me and Daniel. Of course, we did all the work. No, we didn't. We just took a photograph to show our donors what we're doing. We made all the other people work hard. Yeah, but I actually had my real painting pants on. I worked pretty hard. Steffi worked. I don't remember seeing Daniel up there at all until it was time to take a photo. Daniel, you're a photo op if I've ever seen one, I'll tell you what. But you made me look better in that picture. So we appreciate you guys and, and all the what you do and you work you do you work so hard. You guys are for, for those of you who don't know, I'm gonna do it real quick here. They are in Patia, Thailand. Patia is a, a a town, it's a major city, million people plus, and it's got huge tourism flow. It's about fifteen kilom- kilometers long. It's on the Gulf of Thailand, about a hundred kilometers south of Bangkok. Thailand. I mean, that's just, I mean, if you've been to Bangkok, you've been to a crazy place. Uh, More than 6 million at one time. And they said up to 12 million now tourists visit outside of COVID, obviously. And And they have a majority coming uh, there to experience the nightlife and the industry there. And Tamar Center was started in 1999 with the vision of helping the women that are working in the sex industry in Patia to find a way out. And Daniel and them, their Tamar Center has an incredible mission. It's offering hope, healing, and a new life to the bar girls in Patia, Thailand. And their vision is to help women that are trapped in the sex industry. And they do that a lot of ways. And they've got incredible ways. One of the ways that we want to feature in this episode is I brought up a building here here. Uh, Daniel and Steffi currently are in the, the le- when you see these double buildings on the screen, the left building is their building right there. And the, the, the worship center for us is on that third floor where you see the purple banner. That's where our <coughs> worship center is for that. Daniel and Steffi, are you guys up on the fourth floor? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, would you wave to us from that that left picture? We'll, we'll, <laughs> no, no. We'll, we we see you in the picture waving at us there. But see, they own the left building. The, the lower part is a restaurant and cafe, and they've got the training uh, center for the for the girls up on the second floor. They've also got another facility on Soy Six. They've got uh, other apartments for the girls while they're doing their training, and another location nearby. But they have gotten in because COVID put the kibosh on over. I mean, half the businesses are just devastated in Thailand. It's 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 a bad thing. It's happened there because it's just put the whole industry down. The good part is put the sex industry on the down and the girls are getting a break and hopefully we'll find some new pathways and not have to renew all that stuff. That's a conversation for, for our for our round table. But the Wright building, they just signed a contract to buy this building. Daniel, how many million baht did you buy that building for? Uh, 17 and a half million baht. 17 and a half million baht divided by 32.85. Can you convert that to US dollars? Oh, it's a lot of money, and it's too early in the morning to do math. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Guys, the, you, you got this for fi half the price, right, because of the condition of things. It was an opportunity of a lifetime, correct? Uh, not really half price, but when before Close. the pandemic, the uh, owner asked for $22 million. So 17 and a half is about $4.5 million down. What's around 140 yeah, 140,000 US dollars cheaper than wow. before the pandemic. Because, so, good deal. And the good thing is, they can blow out doors and walls between the two buildings, connect the buildings, and really enhance their entire program. Uh, they've got this incredible plan to put a expanded restaurant, cafe area in, guest suites there for... Uh, visitors and people in programs and leading. And right now we go rent places, expensive places. So if Beth and I were over there doing training, we'd be able to stay there and be connected and we could spend the money there instead. So Steffi, I, so one day I'll get a room there, correct? I can come see you? Yes, of course. I, yes, of course. I could get up and have my coffee and have my Tamar Center uh, uh, muffins in the morning, you know, all that. That's great. I like it. Well, I get a chocolate on my pillow, a little little mint on my pillow. <laughs> oh, you get a whole big, big, uh, bar of chocolate. <laughs> I think bar of chocolate y'all make. Good stuff. And then there's going to be Oreos. Oh, you know, I, you know, you I, know oh, she well. knows me she well. Knows. She knows me well. I'm an Oreo fanatic. Uh, you don't know that, Ruth. I'm an Oreo phenomenon. Just, I'm into it. Uh, the Palm Center is the counseling center. I, I want you to hear about this, this Palm Center. This, this Palm Center was envisioned by Nella Davidson. She is the original, uh, was she original founder for the project there? Yes, she was. She's the founder, and you guys kind of stepped in. Now, you guys didn't make Nella disappear. I want to say this to you guys. Nella was the founder and director. We started working with Nella before them, and then we got Steffi and Daniel, and it's been nothing but an upgrade. It's not an upgrade because we lost Nella. Nella didn't go anywhere. We get Nella, and we get Daniel and Steffi. Daniel and Steffi are skilled at what they do, uh, and, and, and Nella got moved into the counseling realm, and she's been able to expand the counseling, which helps the girls get through this trauma and the jet lag faster. And now they're looking at greatly expanding the counseling ability, the capacity, getting into family counseling and, and other things to help develop that. So I, I want, what I want to do is just take a minute. Many of you aren't getting to hear from Nella. Nella is an incredibly chilled woman from Holland and uh, she is so wonderful. She's, she's given her whole life to this. And I want you to hear her as she talks about the excitement about this brand new center uh, that they're going to be doing here that's attached to this. And we're going to talk to you about how you can get connected. So pay attention to the screen here. Let's watch this real quick video real quick. And we'll watch this for a minute and 22 seconds. Here we go. Today, I want to give a little update about exciting news. Many years ago, after establishing Tamer Center, God gave me a vision for a counseling center. 
and it looks like this vision is going a big step forward every time. Uh, we are buying the next door building and the second floor of the building will be used as a counseling center called Palm Center in Pattaya. As you know, there are many emotional needs in, uh, in the city and we would like to reach many more people, many more girls in the city, women, children, families. And uh, we are very excited that we can hopefully this year or next year start a Palm Center in Pattaya. And that will serve many women. Are you excited? Yeah! If you would like to be part of it, Please look at the link up here and you can find all the details how you can donate for our new project. Thank you very much and God bless you. All right, Daniel. Daniel, can you just fill in a little bit about this incredible opportunity, what it's going to mean for you? Just give us an overview real quick and we'll tell people how to get involved. Yes, so it was a great opportunity to finally get the building. And we have been praying and thinking about it for two and a half years now. And the ideal thing about this building is that it's connected to our center. So we can just replicate the things that we are doing and just extending them. Um, so the guest house, we will have two floors um, for guest house, mainly for teams coming, visiting us. And through that, we can teach new vocational options to the girls coming out of the bars. We can teach them awesome. in hospitality. We want to add some tourism, uh, maybe some car driving, like taxi driving. These these are new. Th these will be new areas, correct? Completely, Completely new, new areas. Re repeat those again. So whole new areas. Go ahead, do that again. So it will be uh, hospitality, so that the girls know. We'll be receptionist. We will train in. We will train in laundry. Um, for the guest house, but also the private laundry for the girls. We will do taxi driving, um, airport pickups, you know, tourist drivings around and things like that. Okay, I haven't seen a lot of girls driving taxi there, so this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. Is Actually, we have now a couple of taxi companies with only women drivers, only four women customers. Women, oh. so Praise it's a God, business. I like that. Oh, awesome. We have yeah. never, I have never seen a woman taxi driver there. A bus driver? Or yeah, I have. I have. You have? Uh -huh. well, we, we, motorcycle. The one that told Megan she could not go to PPs. <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that. My daughter, my daughter Megan, spent time over there working with them in the internship at Ruth. You'll appreciate this. And so, so what we did is when we're going back to our hotel because our hotel is a really nice hotel, a good spot, but it's right across from the largest soapy massage parlor, one of the biggest ones in Patia, and it's pretty den of iniquity right across from us. But but we tell all our people that are with us, don't tell people the Delphi Hotel; they'll never find it. Just tell them, take me to PP's massage. So. All of our people do that and they'll get you right there and you just walk right across the street to it. And then the taxi cab driver, the bike drivers are all upset because when you go in PP's massage, they go get a percentage. They get a cut for bringing you there. So when you go into the hotel, they don't get anything. So I feel bad for them. But so my daughter gets in a car one night and says, uh, tells the taxi cab driver, take me to PP's massage. And the woman goes, no, you know, go to PP's massage. PP's not for you. <laughs> they, she could not, she, it was just great. Yeah, so women looking out for other I, women. I, like women that. that's like what i'm like talking it. about women so i, I, I love this. like this woman driver a uh, lot i yeah. do too it's pretty that's pretty cool it's pretty cheeky tell us some more like about that. it Daniel. we love this idea go ahead i mean the idea is basically it's quite easy to drive a car i mean um, <laughs> we are helping the woman getting 
getting driving licenses as part of their time at Tema. And so we thought if they can do it, um, they don't need a lot of background training. Like they don't need to go to university. Um, They need to drive safe and careful and things like that. Um, But it's a great way for somebody coming out uh, with flexible hours or on top of maybe another job to offer that. And there's now all the car sharing services as well around that yeah. could also work as well. So um, it's just one of our ideas. I love the it's fact that you guys idea. are staying on the edge. You're pushing it out there. I just absolutely love it. Tell, okay, let me throw this up. So you guys are going to have the counseling center, expand the coffee house, the restaurant. You've got guest housing in there, more training space. Let, let me show people that are listening. I, I, I want to tell you, there is n- if you want to help change the sex trafficking industry anywhere in the world, there's no better place you could invest in. These guys have been doing this for a year, 20 years right now isn't that right daniel 22 20 2022 here let me see why i said 22 because i have this one picture here i just put it up that's your 20 year anniversary that's in our new decorated room so the room that's after the room's redecorated there ruth look at that beautiful walls curtains and all awesome. yeah it looks great i know it our church our big tv on the wall that we do stuff on but we redecorated that room and they're able to do more more training and it's really luxurious and all that stuff but that was a 20 so 22 years this ministry has proven itself as an incredible investment in the change of lives uh, of these people being trapped and, and, and abused and helping them find a way out. So if you want to help recover people, get them out. What I want to challenge you to do is I want you, first of all, to, you can go, first of all, to Tamar Center. You can go to TamarCenter.org. They have a give page. That give page will tell you, is it give or donate, Daniel? I can't remember. I think it's uh, your, your, your page. Uh, it's give. Go to the Tamar it's Center give. Yeah, and go to the give page. It'll give you all the routes to give including bank transfers and all that. And if you're scared to do a bank transfer to Daniel, I want you to know Hands Hope Foundation, Community Faith Church, we transfer money all the time. And by the way, if you're in the U.S. and you're scared to do that, you call me at Community Faith Church, cofchurch.org. I'm Pastor Troy, Troy at cofchurch.org. Oh, hey, bring up the email for us for On The Dock. That'll work. Uh, I think I've got one there. You can use info at onthedock.org. And you may say, hey, I don't know anything about these people. I trust Pastor Troy. I trust Daniel with my life. But here, if you want to send the money to us, we have an account that Daniel has direct access to. So we put money in every month to pay our pastors there with him in partnership. We would be glad to take a gift. If you got a gift, uh, you, you want to write a check for a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. <laughs> Daniel will take a million. He'll find something to do with it. You call us, and we'll get the money in their hands. A million U.S. dollars. In U.S. dollars. In U.S. dollars. Yeah. And then, and listen. By the way. Uh, you can also go to TamarCenter.org. There's ways to transfer money. It'll tell you, uh, here's another pathway, Global Giving. It's a solid organization, globalgiving.org. They they vet you hard, don't they, Daniel? Oh, yes. They vet you. <laughs> the Global Giving, get, they put the tongue depressor in. They check the back end as well. They, they <laughs> My wife just hit me hard. They, <laughs> they check everything. They they, they they do. They call. They they verify. They verify with people like us. Does it work? And you can go to globalgiving.org and put in the Tamar Center in the search engine. It will bring up four funds that you can give that way. And the number one is the new building project. Get in there and help them. They're, they've got a contract. They need to get this debt taken care of so they can get into the renovation and mostly so they can get my room ready. Steffi, is my room ready yet? Not yet. Okay, guys, get on, get in there. Listen, the other way you can do it, you can PayPal them a gift. You can do a PayPal gift by going to info at TamarCards.com and then just put in the thing that the gift is for new building project. 
and, and they'll get that taken care of. I promise you, I promise you it will go. It'll be exactly where it needs to be. And if you've got questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at on the doc.org. If you want to talk to me, Pastor Troy at Community Faith Church, we'd be glad to help facilitate that. We do that kind of stuff all the time. So uh, incredible story, Daniel and Steffi. We'll be praying for you that that'll become a reality very quick. Thank you. Okay. Is my room ready yet? Not yet. No, okay. sorry. Right. Daniel, Daniel, what is what has happened to your wife? I mean, normally she's on the ball. It would be done. But uh, we need people to raise money, though. Get them money. Get them resources. All right. I think she's checking PayPal, waiting for your $1 million. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're working on it. Col hey, Colt's in studio here. Colt's one of our uh, producers here, Bill, Bill Long. Uh, I see Colt over on his phone. He's getting ready to... Are you going to go ahead and transfer that first million dollars for us, Colt? Colt's a young, describing, working young man. He's single. He's got lots of extra money. He, he, can, he can make the first donate. All right. I love Colt. Colt's like, like, like a son to me as well. He's got, uh, oh, man. Go ahead and give that gift, Colt. We'd love to have it. Okay, let's let's get into this. Um, uh, let's take a look at this. Our, our, our whole project today is with our co-host here and all our team here. Um, we want to get into uh, how's best to get in front of this whole process of human trafficking, sex trafficking specifically in your, in your area. Um, can you give us some counsel on how Tamar doesn't just respond to the victims once they're in the bars, they've been devastated by trauma, they've been devastated by the experiences of what's happened, exploited by the bar owners, exploited by the customers, exploited by the, maybe their own family and talking them into doing this, but how do you go upstream you know, it's one thing to be downstream where a lot of stuff's been dumped in the water, but how do you go upstream up into the northern parts of the country where where the farmland is and, and there's beautiful crops and the air is clean and, and they're just like, it's like farm families in the middle of the U.S. You could be anywhere. You could be in Culp or Cambria or some little town. And how do you get up in those places and stop people from the lure of wanting to go to the city and surrender to that life? Can you give us some plans on how you do that, Stephanie and Daniel? Yes, we can. I mean, um, we have two ways, actually, and I will let Steffi share in a moment about um, when we send teams up there. But one other way is we have one lady that has come out of the bars many years ago. She was one of the first ones, and she has permanently moved back to a small village uh, at the outskirts of Karat and has started there to do her ministry, her own ministry. She has started a small church and she's teaching a lot of people there, little job skills, especially in cooking. Um, she's connected with the community and she does a lot of work there, um, talking to people, helping people, showing them other ways, teaching them job opportunities, linking them up with government programs. And whenever we can, we are sending teams up to work with her, to visit with her other villages around, but also we are supporting her so that she can keep doing that job. But on top of that, Steffi can share about our teams. Go ahead, Steph. Yeah, we're normally sending out teams once a month to uh, different areas in Thailand, into the villages. And those teams go, go and uh, just do education to the villagers to uh, tell them about the dangers of human trafficking. Mm. So you bust the um, bubble, you go up there. So somebody's telling them what the great life is in the city and they can go there and make money. You're actually countering that narrative and informing people of, of that, that love could be like the movie, love, a love betrayed. You're going up and telling them there is a different story. There's a different view of that. That's great. Yes, correct. 
just I'm going to pop back to a screen real quick. When you take a look at this giving screen that's up, when you go to globalgiving.org, put Tamar Center, yes, give the million dollars to the building, the thousand dollars, the five dollars, whatever you want to give, they'll take any increment. It goes a long way in Thailand, trust me. A hundred dollars, a thousand dollars goes a long way there. But look at item number two. That's what Steffi's talking about. Help sex workers in Thailand find a new life. And then, and then, and, and so part of that is they, they get out and do stuff. But another thing is they can go back home, get them back into their home country, and then get them up there and they take them in teams and they can share the testimony of what happens. Mm -hmm. And then when they share that, you, you may have one girl going up there and we talked about it in episode three, something that blew my mind. We'll talk about this in the roundhouse. You mentioned the, the shame where the girls that were taken, that, that were, were, were put into the sex traffic industry, come back home. They tell friends, you got to go do this. And they only tell the good things. They don't tell them the bad things. And they basically create a cycle of this. You're actually taking girls back that have been changed. Their life's given to Christ. And they're going back and saying, hey, there's another side to this story. It is not glamorous. It is really rough. And they're giving testimony and telling people, find a different way. So you can give to help that. Their teams go up there and do that. And if you want to support that, that's one thing you can do is help people uh, support uh, teams going up there to do that work. Go ahead, Steffi, tell us more about why they do it and how people can help you uh, do more of that. Yeah, how we, how we do it is we we, um, we we go into the villages as a team and then we are invited usually by the village leader. We invite the whole village to, to, have, a, to have a nice meal. And when we, have the nice, when we have the meal together with the people from the village, Sorry, I hear myself three times. Is that normal? No, we're yes. not. We're, we're not hearing you. You sound good, does. Okay, okay. Maybe I start again. Okay. Go for it. Okay, so how we do it is we we go into the village as a team, and once we arrive there, we go to the village leader, and we ask him if we can stay a few days, invite the village for a meal. When we invite the village for a meal, all the villagers are there, the children are there. We do children's programs for them. And when we, then we educate the village and the people about the dangers of human trafficking and what will happen to the girls when they go into the villages, uh, when they go into Patia. That's great. Wow, excellent. One of the things, Daniel, are you guys in the same room? Yes, we are. Okay, when she when you get on a long rant, one one if one of you'll mute your mic, it'll keep that from cycling double cycling through that way. That that way. All right, Steffi, that's just 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 mind-boggling. So you get up there and, and people can help with that. That, that. that when we're there and we take our mission teams, we've been up on those outreaches. The the pastor you have up in the Karat region, is that Pastor Soy? Yes. It's Pastor. Soy. Let me just tell you, Pastor Soy is one of the most her heart for evangelism is above and beyond almost anything I've ever seen packed in a woman of her size. I mean, she is a dynamo of an evangelist. I have seen her preach on the streets of, of Soy 6 at our outreaches. She worked down in the in the streets of Soy 6. She's a great leader down there. She's been a very big part of all of our church starts there. She's highly trained, not just in the stuff that we've trained. She's gone, and what's the program that you guys also send people to that she went and did? 
We send people to sometimes DTSs, and she was trained by a Korean church as well. Yeah, she she's highly trained. She's highly gifted. She's highly motivated, and she has been in that world, and she has a passion to pull people out, and she has a passion to do it by introducing them to Jesus Christ, somebody that will love them unconditionally and begin to bring healing and hope to them. And I've never seen anybody more passionate about her work than Pastor Soy. So she's just an amazing person, amazing person. And it's an honor to have worked along with her and, and see what she's doing. And I can't wait. If COVID gets done, we're going to go up and try to help her do more work in developing the church. There. We're looking forward to that, uh, hopefully sooner than later. So so tell us a little bit more about the, when you go up there and you, 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 you do the counter narrative. I can't imagine the people that are up there. Uh, we talked about in the previous episode that when people get into the sex trafficking industry in Thailand, we talked about the four pathways or five pathways. I'm bringing that slide up. We talked about, they get into it through being Shanghai. Uh, people might be just sold off or forced into the, in, into the industry, but there's also the Joseph. That's my own term where people are sold by their family. They, they, they're given a finder's fee, a contract. They they're paid and sent off that way. And then you've got a, a large part that are recruited by what I call forked tongue talent scouts. They come up there, talk about the glamour life and talk them into coming for the big job. The big job is not what the big job looks like. And the next thing you know, they're actually in debt. They go to the job. They have to pay all this money to live, stay. They have to earn and do more than they ever imagined to get it. And then there, some of them are also just lured by themselves. They want the riches. They want the fancy life. And we learned in the last episode that other friends come back and tell them about all the good things, but not the evil things. And so the desire for the education, the desire to maybe, uh, Haley mentioned the Romeo that she uses here, the language of maybe finding that that husband, that, that foreign husband that'll whisk you away, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, when I talk about Romeo, it's probably a little bit different here in our context. But um, yeah, it, I think they're... They're looking actually like for a husband that'll just... Is always, yeah. I think like the promise of love is a really strong thing or even the opportunity to maybe find that love or marriage as mm -hmm. you were talking yeah. about i think they touched on and, that and, and the last way we talked about is people being born into this they're, yeah. they're born into a family that's running this kind of uh, business or it's just been generation to generation of this so so tell us when you go up there and you take your outreach teams and you go into village and you start sharing what's really happening and what they need to do do these talent scouts that are coming from these i mean i have to imagine these talent scouts are coming from in our world here, uh, businesses like this would have almost like a, I don't want to use Italian term, but mafia type protection. Uh, maybe they would have people that are heavy handed. When they hear that you guys are going up there and you're kind of getting in the stream and stealing potential clients by bringing education and enlightenment, do you guys ever encounter difficulty or kickback or pushback? I mean, sometimes we do. Uh, sometimes in the villages, they don't want to um, listen or they listen, but nothing changes. Mm -hmm. um, the recruiters are really traveling around and there are thousands and thousands of villages. And the recruiters are kind of normal, um, not just for the sex industry, but they are out there for the fishing industry. They are recruiting for jobs in companies. So that also makes it very hard for some of the parents to distinguish which one is a legitimate offer of a right. job right. and which one is a bit shaky. And sometimes they only find out when the girls write back to them what actually happened to them. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, so you're out there in front of that. Tell me the role. I mean, I want to back up a little bit. When, when we looked at the new building, part of that building that you're going to be building has, uh, let me see if I can bring that up real quick here so people know what to say. I'm gonna, I, I say stuff and I think it's good for people to see 
Uh, one of the floors is going to be the Palm Center, and that's Nella Davidson. That's the counseling center. They already have a counseling center that's up on the fourth floor now of the current building. This would be a much more expanded, able to do uh, more counseling rooms, family counseling, group counseling, a lot of things going on there, both for the girls that have gone through it, uh, maybe for the families as a result after it. You know, and Tell me about how the counseling both helps in the recovery of the girls, and also maybe is there any way that you see the counseling being able to help stop girls from coming in it maybe getting the girls where they can go back to their village and instead of telling only the good story they go back and say hey i've connected with this I, i'm able to look at what happened to me and i'm able to tell you that i was a victim but now i'm a victor and overcomer and i, I want to share with you the real truth tell me how the counseling plays into both recovery but also maybe into stemming the tide yes so right now our counseling center is basically focused on the recovery um, the counseling that we offer right now is focused on the girls that are already with us, um, that have left the industry or, or are on the brink of leaving it. With the new counseling center, the goal is to have at least four individual counseling rooms, a group therapy room and a children playroom. And the idea is to open it up for outside clients, um, people that living in the city, people that have experienced trauma, maybe as a family, uh, bring them in, helps the children, train them up, uh, women that are maybe have lost their job or were lost by their partners and are thinking about what to do now, um, things like that. And in that way, we want to get ahead and just try to prevent it. You think what you, we see is... Go ahead. You, you're saying that families that get a devastating situation and a woman maybe has a major change, by doing the counseling there, a holistic counseling, you're going to keep somebody from maybe choosing that industry as a economic, social economic solution. And so help them get... get back to wholeness and get them back on a, on a better path. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's the idea behind it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, we really need to help the woman change their, the view of things, because as long as you see the, the sex industry or the bar industry, they don't see it as prostitution, you know, for them, it's an opportunity. And it's maybe not even about, you know, sleeping with the guys. Some of the girls go in there and saying, okay, I will just dance in the go-go bars and I will never go with a guy. Or, you know, I'm just a cashier in the bar or I just cook food and deliver it there. But then once they are in the situation and they see how easily they can make more money or they get, you know, guys asking them every day for extra things, it's become the line becomes blurred and blurred and blurred. Then they see the money. They see how much things cost in a city like Patia compared to the village. It's astronomical uh, what it costs. And so in order to pay it or to pay back the debt, they think, okay, I go with this one guy. He's nice. Um, you know, he treats me well. And yeah, I mean, it will be over in a couple of hours and I can pay back more this than, than I would if I work for a month. Mm -hmm. But then once she has done it that once, it becomes a slippery slope and it goes faster and faster. And then it's not only just for paying back, then it's for the new iPhone, then it is for the new bag, and then it becomes a lifestyle and they get used to the money. And um, yeah, it becomes an addiction. I don't think people understand. Uh, let, me, let me explain for people in Southern Illinois. Just, I want you to understand this. You're thinking this all sounds barbaric and backwards. But Pattaya, Thailand is one of the nicest shopping cities in the world. Bangkok 
you can buy almost anything. When you walk into any, either uh, either uh, Terminal 21, what, what's the other mall that we go to, uh, Central Plaza? Central Festival. Central Festival. Yeah. When you walk in Central Festival, or you walk in Terminal 21, you're walking in a mall that's, if you're from Southern Illinois, you're St. Louis area, the Galleria, these malls are better and nicer than our finest mall in the nicest area of St. Louis with the stores that we don't even have. They have handbags and selections and, and stuff. The, the place is a packed place of shopping and every kind of food and cultures available. And there is a lavish life right there in front of them. Many of us that are foreigners, we go there. The stuff's much cheaper for us to buy there, but it's the same stuff that we go spend three times that at the Galleria to buy here in the United States. Yeah. And so we go there and we, we buy I, guys, I buy custom made suits. Every suit, this shirt was made in Thailand. Every button up shirt I have, every suit was made by my tailor in Thailand. People go there just to get their wardrobes this is a mm -hmm. we're not talking about third world country we're talking about it could be it could be a city it could be st louis and you're going these towns karat they're just like farm villages so we're not going backward the girls see all this stuff and they can get attracted just like any of our girls and any of our guys can. Right. We can want the the riches and that we want that we want the gucci yeah we, it's interesting you say that because one of my when i mean several of my girls would um work from the galleria um, but also they would talk about wanting to go to the gallery to buy nice handbags. That's girls trafficking yes. here. And that was like one of the, re they were talking about, you know, well, they loved like, yeah, they had so much money once they started working at the strip club because they could buy these Gucci bags. Exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and I, it did. It was part of that, that lured them into and, the and life I know here that, too. And I know that well. can right. sound, I don't mean attractive, but it sounds like a way to get something. You know, I, I just do this and I get it. But I think Daniel and Steffi can tell you, I think we can probably say the same thing here. If you sell yourself like that, I don't know whether it's the one or the second or the 12th or the 20th, somewhere in there you lose your identity and somewhere to cope with this, you begin to add other major factors, drugs, alcohol, uh, you, you, you become a victim of abuse. This person's not nice. You're beaten. And you, you, but yet you've got the iPhone running, you've got this car payment, you've got the bag that you've got, you know, and you're into this and you're trapped. And now it's like quagmire. It's got you. And so the lures of the city, biblically, the prodigal son, that's what he did. He saw the living in the big city. He said, dad, you're dead to me. Give me my money. I'm going to go live. And we know what happened. He went and he lived. The prodigal son lived. He had fun and he partied. And one day the party ran out and he was eating in the pig pen. Yeah. And he was willing to go home and sell himself back to his own dad just so he could have food to eat. Fortunately, the dad in this story represents our father in heaven who is always standing, waiting, arms wide open for us to choose him over the world. Mm -hmm. So many of us get into this because we choose the world over him. So some of this is sold off. Some of this is Shanghai. Some of this is just the lure of this attractive thing that really is something dark on the other side of it. Can you get Daniel Steffi is, do you see that quite a bit there? And, and, and then what, where's the slope between doing it? And then all of a sudden I'm lost. I'm devastated. I mean, it's a slow, slow slope down. Um, a lot of the girls also genuinely just looking to find love, um, looking to find a husband to marry them. And I mean, they see a lot of the Western tourists that are coming to the bars and they think they are all rich, you know, right. because, you know, they have flown from their country 
um, to Thailand. Um, they are spending money there. They are mm -hmm. sleeping in a nice hotel. They are buying gifts. They're eating in nice restaurants. So they must be rich. What they don't realize is that many of the tourists coming to Pattaya save the whole year so that they can party for two or three weeks in Pattaya. Right. And um, I remember last year there was a story in the Bangkok Post about one woman that married one of these men. And when she moved back to his country, she was absolutely shocked that she had to work because <laughs> she expected, you know, to come into this huge villa and have the same lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But then she realized, wow, actually, um, he just saved the whole year. Yeah. And I remember one time flying back to Thailand, I was sitting on a plane next to a guy who let's just say was not the nicest guy that you can have around. Um, yeah, he was just nasty. But he was telling me excitedly that he had just saved the whole year and he had the girl waiting for him at the airport and he would have a girl every night and he would party and party. And then I asked him, so what do you do after? And he said, oh, I go back home and then I save every penny so that I can go next year again. Mm. So there's a whole, so you know, they are... They are helping each other. The men yeah, yeah. think they are big. They have money. They throw it out. We call them the one million baht um, or one week millionaires here. Um, <laughs> and the girls like just see term. the money and think every foreigner has cash. Right. So they just fall for it and they want security for themselves. They would like to have security for their families. Yeah. They are looking more for a relationship, but then they get used. Yeah. And... I think some of the girls, especially when they are young and very beautiful, they probably have a quite okay experience at the beginning mm -hmm. because they can choose the men. They are careful. They don't go with everyone. They don't offer everything because they don't have to. There's, you know, 20 guys waiting. But the older they get and the more younger girls come after, um, their attractiveness is going away. So they have to go in order to pay the debts with some guys that they would normally probably not have chosen a couple of years ago. Right. They maybe need to offer some sexual things that they normally would not do. But now they need to uh, because they want to keep that lifestyle going. And so the older they get, the more desperate it becomes. And yeah, it goes downhill from there. Wow. Let, let me let me switch gears here. And I I I, I want to hear this. I really like to hear from Steffi on this because as a pastor, you know, I I see people from all walks of life, whether it's this kind of lifestyle. I've seen people change their lives on a dime. My life was changed on a dime. Uh, I was drank, partied. I was the beer chug champion of my university for three years running. I mean, we the Greek Olympics. I was the man. I mean, I was a partier. I was out there. I mean, I mean, you know, I could be in. Any one of these guys run into one of these cities to have fun. I went to New Orleans. I, I've done ministry in New Orleans for years with no greater love. But before that, I went down on the other side. So I've been on the other side of these kind of parties and stuff. And, you know, what got me out of it was people that I met that had a relationship with the Lord that I saw they had a wholeness and a healing and a happiness that I was not able to find in the bottom of a bottle in the end of a party or with other people. Can you tell me what you see happening? You're in a predominantly Buddhist culture. 
where people come from a culture where, you know, maybe the life's bad this time around. And yeah, I was born in the city and we don't have much and I'm going to be sold here. I'm going to sell myself off to help my family uh, survive and get my grandparents through their age. And because I've done this and I've sacrificed, I'm going to believe that my next evolution of life in the Buddhist cycle, I'm going to come back better, stronger. There is some cultural, biblical, uh, not biblical in this term, but theological uh, thing that drives some of this. But what have you found when people are introduced to the person of Jesus Christ, whether it's in your lives, the lives of the workers there, how do you factor in the Jesus factor into giving people a way to see their lives as sacred and special and in a different path? Can you guys just tell us a little bit about the biblical side of offering Christ? Yes. <laughs> I don't really get to the question. The, que the question is, Stephanie, the application, when, when you're reaching out to the girls and you're going yeah. in and you're sharing Christ, you're offering to pray for them, you're inviting them to a church service, you're, you're offering to share Christ with them. Where do you see the offer of Christ as being a difference maker in the process of reaching out where, when you offer the church of Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about the church in the world. There's a lot of failed and faulty churches, but when you offer the presence of Christ, the body of Christ, the life of Christ to these girls, how do you see that as being a difference maker than maybe a, a secular humanist approach or a psychology approach? How do, how do you see the God factor figuring in? So first, when we when we tell the woman that we are Christians, that we have, we offer them to um, go, come to our, our online churches at the moment during COVID or normally to come to our church services in Sussex, first they're always very happy because they they trust us, they get to know us, and they they just want to spend a little bit of time out of the bars with somebody who is mm -hmm. just nice to them, you know, just to have a, a little bit of a normal life feeling. So they come first out of just trust and interest in spending some time with us. And when they come then to our services, they, they learn about Jesus. And the first, what they learn is, and in the very first moment, Jesus is not so different to them than, than Buddhism. At first they, they see, okay, I, I just, um, I have, I can, this is another God, you know? Right. So first, so first they just listen and they think, okay, I have a different God option I can, I can pray to. Because the moment they come to us and we, we are in, the, they are in our service, we offer them, them prayer at the end of the service. And very, very often it happens. Uh, yeah, we just say, who has a prayer request? They say, I have a headache today. Can you pray for me? We pray for them. They come back the next time. They say, after you prayed for me, I didn't have a headache anymore. Mm. So they, they, they feel God's presence very very um present in their life right away because god is answering their prayers mm. which is so beautiful mm. that is. and through that, that is. and through that interest through this little start they open up more and more for jesus so it goes slowly it's it's step by step that they they get into getting to know jesus and then with every church service of course we share more more about jesus we share who jesus is how different he is to what they believe right now and that's how they come to Christ. And that's what's going to change their lives. Gosh, we've beautiful. seen so, it's beautiful. We've seen so many go through your process and over the time, just to see it, it's almost like a blossom that occurs at reblooming, you know, trees get mowed down, they get devastated, flowers get cut down and trauma happens even when we work in a garden or in the field. And then to see something re-sprout again and, and, and to see these girls go out and become 
I've been out there. I've been a part of their baptisms to see them baptized and to see them come alive and come out of that water as a new creation. No, the trauma's not gone. No, what's happened still happened, but they know that they're now more than just, they're not victims anymore. They're victors they've overcome and they're on a new pathway. And, and the shame is not the shame of the past. The shame is the fact that a lot of times they say, I wish I'd have known this sooner. And so that's right. just amazing. Guys, like, I think it, you touched on something right. important because so I actually have spent some time on like the message boards um, just because of my line of work here. And I've read um, comments of men from our area planning trips to Pattaya specifically um, for the sex tourism. And I think you touched on something really important of, you know, um, Jesus and being able to offer the love of Jesus and how that changed your life from being on that, from the other side of the partying, from the other side of things is that that's like one, like one of the ways that we might not realize we can be partnering with them too, is in our ministry here is sharing that love with men here Mm -hmm. because uh, I, I think this is important to like really note is that a lot of the sex buyers are tourists. They're not just front Thai men. Um, but they are coming for those purposes. And some of those men are coming he- from here, from Southern Illinois. Um, and so that it's, you know, important, I think. Yeah. Like the work here is important to share that and to even on the prevention side of like, how can we prevent and change the mind of those buying services to see it as ex- like exploitive and Absolutely. as something right. that isn't God's heart. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's really interesting to hear like how, you know, it's all connected as part of like this, uh, the global church and, and the church's duty. And, and, uh, I think I, we've talked about this. We've talked about, we'll probably come back and talk about this a little bit deeper in the round table, but we've talked about pornography itself as a window into this world for people here and around the world, they get into pornography and, and it begins to scratch some itches, so to speak. But it, it, it then it takes more and more of that and maybe more aggressive stuff and, and deeper stuff to keep scratching the itch. And the next thing you know, that's not good enough. You're looking for an adventure like to Apatia. You're going out to look for this. This this. It's almost like they think there's a rainbow over there. But what you're really doing, whether you're starting with pornography, it's just a gateway drug to the deeper stuff. But all that's the exploitation. All that is causing an industry to take place that's taking advantage of other people and driving that to you. So guys, uh, women are out there into pornography as well today. We need mm-hmm. to shut that down. And I, I know we talked about in one of Haley's episodes, uh, The Mosaic, uh, we talked about triplexchurch.com. That's a great site to go look at, at and study about how you can get away from pornography. That's a window into this. And also guys, listen, if you're getting ready to go to Patia, if you're thinking about that as a romantic thing, there is nothing romantic about going over there and exploiting somebody else for your personal enjoyment. It's one thing to go on a cruise and enjoy yourself and to tip your waiter and to tip your your waitress, but to go over and use somebody else's life to kind of be a a vessel for your personal moment of enjoyment, not only is devastating to them, but it's devastating to your personal soul. Because when you do that, you will be held accountable for what you've done. You are your brother and sister's keeper. You will be held accountable to that before the Lord Jesus Christ. And I I think it's important for you to understand that if you don't go, there's not an industry, you know? And, right. and if you would, if you really think about that, you're not just going to kind of give and trade. You think, well, I'm going to go pay for the service. So they're coming out. It's a win-win. There's no win-win in the sex trafficking industry. No, there's no win. Let, go ahead. Let me maybe interject there. Um, because a lot of people think that all the men that are coming here are so happy and having the time of their lives. But <laughs> Thank you. everybody who thinks that I really would like to invite them to come here on Christmas 
or on Thanksgiving or just in the mornings and just drive through the town and see the guys sitting there in the bars Mm -hmm. um, at, you know, 10, 11 in the morning, having their first couple of beers and just look in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think many of them realize it is empty. And I have never seen that as much as on Christmas Day. Because on Christmas Day, all the bars are completely, you know, the girls are on party mood. They don't understand what Christmas is. They just know it's a big holiday. So the girls are partying. But I've been year after year when we drove through the towns back on going back from our Christmas outreaches. You see a lot of guys sitting there, not partying, but actually very sadly sitting there because they realize this is not real. And mm-hmm. there I've talked with some of the men and they realized during these days, hey, I miss family. I miss my children. I miss my friends. I'm, yes, I'm living the life. But the men are as trapped as a woman because right. they have to report back that what they do in Patia is so great and is so amazing. And they are the amazing guys that can get all the girls. But how does it really look deep inside of them? And I remember one talk I had with a guy from Australia. Uh, he was working on the um, oil rigs. So he would, uh, no, sorry, he was working in the mines. Um, that was him. And he would be working three months in the mines, three months off. And in his three months off, he would come to Patia. And um, I asked him, so why? And he said, yeah, okay. He said, my problem is, he says, I don't get a relationship back in Australia because most of the women don't want me gone for three months at a time. And I said, so I come here to Patia and, you know, he said, yo, I go to the bars and have the girls. And I said, so does it fulfill you? And he said, no, Hmm. actually he says, most of the mornings I feel emptier and emptier and emptier. And I said, so why are you doing it? And he just looked at me with sad eyes and said, what else can I do? Mm. Oh my. So it just shows you that it's not just, you know, we need to get away sometimes and thinking, you know, all the bad men and yes, it's not good. But I have also seen the girls, you know, using the men and bleeding them dry with money <laughs> and things like that, where the things turn around. And we think in the beginning, the men use the woman. But the longer the men are here, they get used by the woman for their purposes. Right. And yeah. they are really using each other, trying to satisfy things that where they, not, where they will not find any satisfaction in. Because right. in the end, we are not talking about love. We are about talking about a selfish usage, be it for sex, be it for a love or be it for money. That's just amazing. Guys, that just points out to you that the only true love that we can find is in Christ Jesus. And that relationship that we find in Christ allows us to begin to see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, family of God. And really, that's a sad thing. Hey, we're going to wrap up this discussion. We're going to come back in a roundtable. I have so many notes for the roundtable. It's going to be a barn burner. (laughs) Yeah, Daniel just mentioned uh, several things that triggered things on me. And I, I see Ruth over here writing, just like ready to go. And and it's just, just incredible. We want you to know, if you want a real satisfying life, give your life to Jesus Christ. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him does not have to perish, 
but can have everlasting life. You do not have to be alone. Christ wants to come and be a part of your life, and we want you in the family of God, and you do not have to say, what else can I do? You can be used by God to do amazing things. You don't have to victimize people. You don't have to be used by people either right. on either side of that. What you can be is an overcomer in Christ Jesus and realize your sacred worth and who you are as a child of God. We want to help you do that. If you've got any questions, we'd love to talk to you at On The Dock mm -hmm. about that. So come back with us in our next episode, our roundtable discussion, and we're going to be talking about our partnership with Community Faith Church and how you can get involved with Tamar, but mainly come back for the incredible roundtable. It's going to be barn burner. You don't want to miss that. So Daniel and Steffi, thank you so much for talking with us right here. We appreciate your gift of, of what you do so much and your ability to share. Thank you for having us. Amen. Good to have you guys. Thank you to my co-host team around the table. Thank you, Ruth, Haley, and Beth. You, you guys ready for the round table? You better be ready. We're hey, we're ready. coming We're coming back for the round table. Check us out at www.onthedock.org. Email us at info at onthedock.org. If you've got questions and you want to find out more, you can find us out on the podcast platforms at YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, also Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. We'd love to have you check out multiple platforms so you can always be connected to us. We put these podcasts out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so check those out and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear your experiences. If you're somebody that's been involved in this, you want help with this, please reach out to us. We'll connect you with somebody that can talk with you about this, about how to get you help and how, how to get you connected to Christ and maybe get you through. If you've been a victim, we want to get you in some counseling. We can help you here. If you're in the U.S., we'll get you connected to somebody. Reach out to me. I'll work with Haley and our counseling staff here to get somebody working with you. But reach out through our social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram. Feel free to message us or email us as well. And we want you, when you find our platforms, to hit subscribe, like, notify, and share. Share this content. It's important stuff. And we'd love for you to get out there and give that gift to Tamar Center. Go to globalgiving.org and search the Tamar Center. Give them that money for that building. Help them out. Check out their other funds. And go check them out at www.tamarcenter.org. It's uh, tamarcenter.org. Check that out. Check the resource out, the products they have, and the Giving Center. And then we always want you to be a friend of the On The Dock team. Uh, Patreon is our, our portal to do that. You can become a partner or friend. Join us there. And as always, if you're in the Southern Illinois area, we'd love to have you at on the dock. We'd love to see where we do this at. We do it at Community Faith Church. And we have incredible services here, 10 o'clock on Sundays, 630 on Wednesdays. And if you can come here, we'd love to have you here. But can't you just get here? Maybe you're in Pattaya, Thailand. Maybe you're in Maybe you're in Singapore, you're home visiting family there. Ruth, you can join us at uh, cuftv.com. We have an in-service viewer there, but you can also go to Facebook or YouTube under Community Faith Church. We'd love to have you online with us or in presence. Guys, again, thank you to everybody. Thank you, Daniel and Steffi. Thank you so much, guys. God bless you guys. And we'll see you back in podcast number four, the big round table. Thank you to my, my team here. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you all back again soon on the dot.